Hello again and welcome back in to A Closer Look. Today we are going to wrap up our NCAA tournament coverage and break down uh, the Final Four in the championship game. Uh, we're also going to preview uh, what we think the NBA playoffs are going to look like and a few other special things that we may or may not get to, so I won't mention them here at the start. But other than that, uh, thank you for listening, and uh, it's up to our boys, Bruno and AP, to take it away. about that time get out of your seats get out of those seats baby and make some noise it's time for a closer look we're back this week uh we were off last week for school related reasons we did want to make a show desperately desperately it just would have called been spring break too logistically impossible that what well, yes yeah, spring break is the cover tim but we can't tell them about what we were really yeah, that's doing. not yeah well whatever that's why i told them spring break so we don't tell them the real reason. Well, okay. We'll get to that later. Uh, <laughs> it was spring break, and important oh things happened over spring break. Spring break. <laughs> important oh, my things. God. Important spring things break. happened over spring break. <laughs> what did you do over spring break, Philippe? What did you do? Yeah, I went to Denver for seven days. Um, seven wow. days? Almost yeah. like it's spring break. <laughs> wow, are you like... Seven days. Doing your, like, God great. thing or something? Yeah, what? Do you, what? You know, seven days. What? Created <laughs> the world seven days? No. In, in Denver? I, I, I was you guys aren't old world creationists? <laughs> no, no, no. I, I was New referring Earth to creationists? the, the Oh, my gosh. I was referring to, yeah, to the croissant. Glass seven days. It's very okay. popular okay. in Europe. Um, yeah. So I went to Denver. But I thought you were in Denver. Why were you eating food from Europe? Uh, n- I was eating some of it, but, you know, I, I miss home, but... <laughs> uh-huh. the, do they do, do they have croissants in uh, in Bosnia? Well, I'm sure they yeah. have them there. Are they any good? Are they better than France? Are they better than here? Are they better in here? Uh, I need uh, I need European product in you Europe. Need European product in Europe. Um, in Europe, yeah. but here you would prefer to be American. Uh yeah, or kind of stay away. Just uh, stay away from yeah. it. That's probably it, a good it's more, mentality. It's more like nostalgia, really, okay, than okay. anything. I see that. I see that. Yeah. It's just not quite the same. I would say, like, is, the dough is too squishy. Uh, as opposed to, like, flaky? As opposed to being, like, slightly, I would say, like, firmer and, like, you know. Brittle, yeah, a little drier too. Uh, yeah, and not so, not so like moist. internal. Yeah, and not as moisture. not as soggy, you know. Yeah, soggy. But I feel like there's there's always a, a a middle consistency point of every kind of food that makes it the best that it can be. I'm gonna you be know? honest. I'm not that big on uh, croissants. I'm. I probably just yeah, haven't had a what, good. You know one, what? Biting so. into a croissant reminds me of like the spectrum. I gotta of, get you to France. I mean, I could. You. I look. I will eat one. Like, don't get me wrong. I will eat a croissant, but I'm not gonna go out of my way to get a croissant. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah but here, croissant? But my point is, a croissant is kind of like a banana, right? Like a, a okay. really, really, you know, 
not ripe banana is going to be you know harder and like let you know kind of a drier banana and then a really ripe banana is going to be super mushy and have brown spots everywhere Mm -hmm. but like to me a croissant is kind of similar in that a really like dry kind of you know uh, overcooked yeah yeah overbaked croissant is going to be like not as bad as a really really you know moist or undercooked one and but there's that middle point right like a banana like a banana of you know ripeness or well cookedness that would just make a croissant ideal in my opinion croissant what are you carl weezer yes jimmy jimmy i found my croissant 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 all right <laughs> so Speaking what, what did you do in denver we never yeah, what got did to you, that Yeah, point. what did you do? Never just got, eat croissants? We, no, no, absolutely not. Denver, good old um, Denver it, it, it was an adventure. Mile High City. I, I would say pretty Mile fulfilling. We, we went to the Nuggets game. They played the Pelicans. Oh, you went to a Nuggets game? Kind you of got, a... You went and got some nugs? No. <laughs> In Denver? In Denver? Uh, <laughs> nope. We, um... We thought that Watch the game the Nugs was, play the Pels. It was kind of underwhelming, honestly. Like, Jokic didn't play. I was really sad. Yeah. I was trying to see my Serbian yeah, it's, brother. it's your boy. Yeah, yeah. it was my Load boy management. What yeah. a crime. Management. We'll talk about load management later because NBA's yeah. c- uh, new CBA uh, just uh, came into yeah. uh, and then, um, fruition this week. Watch the Nuggets game. We visited, um, obviously, downtown, like, City mm-hmm. Hall, the Capitol Building. Um, kind of like one of their bigger parts. Politics and dot. Yeah. Yes. But then we also went to Boulder. Mm. We visited UC. University of Colorado Did you feel Boulder. courageous? No, I felt minuscule. Mm. Um, I mean, that's probably a good word. Good yeah. word to use. Yeah, just because, yeah, the campus is humongous. The facilities are amazing. And they recently got Coach Prime. So Oh, yes, Deion yeah. Sanders is in yeah. Colorado. Yeah, so uh, you Colorado. can, I mean, you could guess, but, like, it's just videos everywhere of Coach Prime. So it's just, like, he's the Travis s- Hunter. star of the Shadour city. Sanders. Yeah. And, and then um after that, like, we visited Colorado Springs. So, like, Ooh, Colorado you Springs see, is nice. You I've been to Denver once. You ever been to Colorado Springs Eternal? Huh? What? Colorado Springs Eternal. What? Colorado Springs Eternal. I don't know. Have you ever been there? To C- Colorado Springs? What no, Colorado this? Springs is Eternal is where the corpse of Joseph Smith is. Oh, no, I have not been. And it's, so it's like, um, it doesn't, not it's not a place that exists. It only exists in my mind. Um, oh. But Colorado Springs Eternal yeah, is a very important place in the. Uh, and then while there, we visited the yeah. Garden of the Gods. So, like, all the Red Rocks. Mm. Like, um, we visited the U.S. Olympic Center. So, yeah, it was pretty good. Oh, yeah, 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 because uh, U.S. Olympic Center for what specific? Basketball. Basketball. Oh, okay, yeah. that's in, that is in Colorado. Right. Yeah, and then we visited the Air Force Academy. Oh, wow. Which, you know, I had mixed feelings. Um, oh. That's a different topic. <laughs> yeah. What? What? Yeah. Uh, we, I don't think we want to get into those <laughs> thoughts on this yeah. specific uh, program. But All right. Let that one fly. Yes, but did you have a chance on Saturday to catch the Final Four games? Uh, the yes. previous week, the previous week, yes. was sad for a lot of reasons. A lot of upsets happened. Not very many things went Pretty the way that we wanted it to. I don't think any of us got Philippe's, like, anything. Philippe's right. heroes lost. Both of Philippe's teams lost early, mm-hmm. and both of Tim and I, um, Tim and I's teams lost early. Yeah. So, what mean, can you say? It was really a tragic week for us. We did not perform very well. None of our picks did particularly well. 
My only pick that I thought was half decent was picking a- FAU over Tennessee. I thought I was proud of that one. And picking Miami over Houston. I did do that. I thought Miami had a chance. But I, I don't know why I couldn't didn't think they could beat Texas after they beat Houston. I think my uh idiot. I think my uh uh my dumb luck finally ran out before the final. Yeah, four. Well, it's hard like it, I mean it's one of the most random late tournaments that I've ever seen. Right. It just yeah. felt like you could not actually predict. You could only predict based on what happened in the tournament. Nothing that before the tournament mattered. And and you could say that before. You could say that, oh, it's a single elimination tournament. Of course that's the case. But it never feels like that. It always feels like the best teams eventually reach the pinnacle. But this year, it just felt like completely opposite. when you yeah. were in this tournament, if you were playing well, you were more likely to win the next game. And yeah. that was the single reason, you know, driving, especially because I watched UConn play, and it just felt like they got out in front every single game, and that was just why they won. They just played the same game six in a row, six times in a row, and yeah. they just executed a, ga- a great game plan every time. Yeah. And that's he- why they won. I feel like FAU executed their game plan a lot. San Diego State, I mean, did the same thing, and it really could have been either San Diego State or FAU in the final, you know. But – I don't know. Miami was the only team in the Final Four that felt like a regular March Madness Final Four. It felt like they got some breaks, they beat some big teams, and they had some singular great performances like Jordan Miller going perfect, you mm-hmm. know, 7 for 7, 13 for 13 from the foul line. And the game before, Nigel Pack going, you know, 7 of 10 from 3. Yeah, he you know, was like, awesome. Awesome. And so, like, that felt like a March Madness team. But the other three teams just felt like they were playing better basketball than everybody else. More fundamentally sound, more efficient and I don't know. It's just maybe that's the future of March March Madness. That yeah, we're not going to be able to do much. Predicting. You know that um my housemate picked FAU to win it all. Wow. Yeah, that he was cr- very close. Wow. Listen, that's listen. crazy. The thing is, he does not pay attention to no NBA basketball, no college basketball, nothing. The reason he picked FAU, you'll never guess. He liked college? the mascot. Their logo looks like the TripAdvisor logo. Yeah, it does. <laughs> It does. I want. It's the owl. So it's he great. said, "I like TripAdvisor. I'm picking I'm it." Buy, yeah, I'm. I'm gonna buy all that man, stock. That's jeez. Yeah, man, that's pretty funny. <laughs> that's, he even said, if they would win it all, it would go bald. He should have got like a tattoo of done the anyways. FAU logo. Yeah, yeah. Like, that would be on, awesome. on, like, or something. Yeah. Well, not there, but yes, well, just somewhere. There. You know, commemoration. But yeah, just a crazy. Weekend overall, UConn obviously ends up winning the championship. Really dominant, pretty dominant fashion. San Diego State made a run late to cut it to. A, I mean, know, medium that, single. Digits. Their defense is very good. Yes, I I would very say good. I have not ever watched a team play defense like UConn. I I don't really know how to explain it other than saying, I don't know that they weren't playing a different kind of basketball than everyone else. I just think they played a far more physical style of basketball. Uh, throughout the tournament, and obviously they, m- they must have been doing it throughout the year. Uh, is it is it time to say that Big East is like a top two conference? I don't know. I feel like a lot of the other Big East teams kind of oh. underwhelmed. I thought like Marquette losing to Michigan State was kind of unimpressive, and I feel like Xavier, a team that beat UConn twice in the regular season, like not that Texas is a bad loss, but I feel like if you're trying to say we beat UConn twice and UConn won the Natty, and you can't even get you can bear you're in the Sweet Sixteen, but you didn't perform. I mean, Texas kind of had them by the horns, if you will. Hmm. Um, the reason I say that is because I feel that 
Big the Big East. Yeah, but Creighton, I didn't think about Creighton. Yeah, like you think about Creighton, and I also think kind of like Big East offers you a blend of like a few elite teams, and then like you can sharpen your. Yeah, iron. it's like the Big Twelve three years ago. You you know, you know yeah like it's sort of like you can get really good competition but then yeah. again you're not as gassed as these Big Twelve teams. No, that's what I would say. I would say that the the Big East has a real tiered version of talent in their conference. They mm-hmm. got some top tier teams. They got some really good you know middle of the road teams that can be pretty good or teams that can be kind of average. And then you got your few bad teams. You know your DePaul is not always great. You know even Providence made the tournament. This year, you know, hey Ed Cooley, Saint, Ed Saint Cooley John, deserved that Georgetown job. Yeah, Georgetown has been down for a few years now. Yeah, kind of middling, had some difference. And, and Ed Cooley, like he he transformed. Yeah. um, the guy from the Robinson. transfer from Kentucky, um, what's his name? Uh, Collins? No. Hmm. Ed Cooley was at Providence before, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but wh- who transferred from Kentucky? I'm I'm saying like. The guy that transferred from Kentucky to oh, Providence. Transferred. Okay. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he really blossomed this year, like with mm-hmm. Ed Cooley, like he gave yeah, him freedom. No, exactly. Yeah. So I, yeah, I would say that next year, it it is definitely the conference to look out for. I would yeah. say that they've unseated. I would say that what they've done is unseated the Big Twelve as the most dominant college basketball conference because you can't argue against literally every single one of UConn's losses were in conference. Yeah. And it's and think about this too. I feel like they you didn't can, lose. They didn't lose a single non-conference game, and they didn't lose a single NCAA tournament game in which they played no one from their conference. So, and, and think about this also. I feel that that conference you can play high-level teams and still not be like uh, desecrated from like being tired. So you can go into the tournament yeah. and feel fresh still, but you still feel like you prepared enough. Kind of like you're already battle tested. I would agree. I'd say the thing that stuck out the most to me in the tournament is I just didn't understand how it seemed that UConn was playing the more physical style of basketball, and yet the other team was often getting called for more fouls. I didn't necessarily understand how that discrepancy existed in a lot of the games that I watched that they played. I swear, UConn was charging the paint literally like every five minutes. Yeah. They were charging people constantly. Yeah, I, I felt like it was that somewhat. I also felt like the, a lot of their extended half court guarding in the defensive setting in the half court offense setting um, was I, pretty physical and not all. I'm not saying you have to call every single time right. down the court, but the officials in early in the game called nothing, and that's just going to let the players play. And then, as soon as you're beyond about ten minutes in the first half, if you haven't been calling those check fouls, those close ones, mm-hmm. where you're creating contact where it doesn't really need to exist in the game. Where it can exist and it has existed in the past styles of basketball, but some, you know, most of the time officials call that. Honestly, it was kind of you funny know, I because I was working at the time, so I was only getting like a few glimpses at it every yeah. now and then. And every time I walked out and looked at the TV, it seemed like there was a uh, San Diego State flip player on the floor. Literally, yeah, every always. Single yeah, time I, that I, I walked just, out. yeah, I felt pretty exclusively UConn played just remarkably more, I don't know what the wor- exact word is. Just more physical. Yeah, but it was much... It wasn't like... It wasn't raw physicality. It was calculated. They were physical... It's playing mean. I mean, no, I, 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 I think it. their technique is really good. Uh, I think Hurley really... Yeah, that's what I would say. In the offseason yeah, on the technique That's what I would part. say is, to me, what they weren't doing was playing um, dumb, aggressive defense. They mm-hmm. were playing exceptionally smart... But, like, 
pushing the boundary of what an official can allow or not allow as far as like you know hounding ball handlers especially on pick and rolls because i feel like that's what gonzaga cooked people on throughout the whole tournament and if you watch against yukon they got nothing on the pick and roll nothing everything gonzaga was getting off was points points wise in the first half when they had a little more success was in isolation uh, isolation settings or transition they were getting nothing off of their basic motion and half court sets and so to me and i watched yukon do that to the other teams and that's why miami to me had the most you know most success they still lost by 13 and were down by 20 late they had players that were scoring in isolation settings against UConn. And that's, I think, the only way to beat UConn, which is probably why when UConn's offense wasn't as crystal, just amazingly efficient in the tournament in during the regular season, when they had decent defensive nights and bad offensive nights, they got cooked in the Big East because there's teams with great offenses there and guys that can go one-on-one you know, hold the, for the whole game. I think also we we got to... We got to... Um kind of give credit to the way UConn team is constructed. Oh, that, that super you, balanced. That, that you have Unreal. multiple athletic defenders who are also have really good technique. And that's rare because you see Houston and you can say they're really athletic and they're really like long yeah. on defense. But I still feel there there's a gap between like their level of defensive technique and UConn's defensive technique. You know, I would agree. I would. I would. I wouldn't. I wouldn't disagree with you there. And and, and I think. But also, I feel like UConn specifically had like, it was that they had, really great defenders across the board, and then like three exceptional athletes on their team, guys oh, yeah. that were like, really. As as I watched them play more, I I'm more and more convinced that, Jordan Hawkins is someone like a Donovan Mitchell. Where like, but a better like, but almost probably a better defender, and maybe not as great of an offensive player in the in one on ones, but where he has so much talent, he has so much talent, but he just doesn't get seen at the college level right away, and like over time as he more develops a little bit older physically, not quite as quick as some other dudes, he's just gonna because he's such a technically sound player. Almost every one of his catch and shoots, he's getting those two feet down, he's getting a hand underneath the ball, and he's getting a lot of spin on it. And you can just, you can tell that's someone who trusts his technique more than his skill. Like he's just gonna say, if I make the right play, if I do the right thing, the eventually it will work out for me in the game, especially when the pressure's on. Because I don't know, man. I don't know how you have like a flu-like symptoms for a lot of that pre-week up to the Final Four and the, you know, the championship game, and just play such efficient basketball in spite of that. I don't know. It's yeah, uh, I think that's also a testament to relying on your technique and your basketball instincts over, yeah. like, over-reliance yeah. on your athleticism, which is which is still yeah. exceptional. Like, you, look, you're a player at UConn. You are pretty athletic Yeah, for NCAA Division One basketball standards. Absolutely. You're, yeah, I think with Jordan also is the way he comes off screens, the way he gets his feet set, the quick release, the efficient release, like it gets, mm-hmm. um, it doesn't take him a lot of time to get from a point of catching the basketball, slightly dipping it and going into his release and shooting. And it. his shot line very yeah. efficient, clean snap of the wrist. And like you can see, like when the ball rotates, like you can see that's a clean release and it's consistent no matter if he's like doing off catch and shoot, one dribble pull ups, off flare screens, off our hammer screens, off elevator plays. It really like never changes. Yeah. And and I feel with the Donovan Mitchell comparison, I would say like he definitely needs to work on his ball handling. Yeah, I would say Donovan Mitchell has evolved as a 
as a ball handling player ball handling? since okay. he's been in the NBA. But if you look at, I'm saying at the the comparison right out of college, I would say that's not like, you know, a, a too far off from where Jordan Hawkins is right now. I would say Donovan Mitchell coming out of college at Louisville is he, in a similar play. I just don't know place. how quickly he, uh, he can develop that ball handling to the level where he can be a lead guard. Because yeah, now I would say he just didn't need to two. handle the ball in this yeah. team. Maybe we don't know that he can do it because they I've had. S- I mean, I've seen some Andre high school ja- footage. Andre Jackson's a point guard. Yeah, they literally. He's a point guard. Yeah, he's like Ben Simmons, but literally a he's better, a college Ben Simmons. He's, he's like a college version of Ben Simmons, an amazing, yeah. amazing defender and an insane athlete. I mean, made. I mean, all game made. Anton Watson, who's one of the best college defensive players this year, metrically and just you know also. You know, throughout his career, he's been a staple on the Gonzaga defensive side. Made him look foolish a lot of that game, trying to guard him, trying to stop him from passing the ball. Jackson has incredible touch and feel with the, with pass with passes into the post exactly. and, and and off of movement across the court. It was it was quite impressive to watch them sort of just tear through everybody. Um, yeah, I feel like we kind of said everything that needed to be said about the tournament in our ineptitude in picking the games. Tim, what do you think? But our fascination with the, you know, is still cool. I think that you guys said everything and I know nothing. <laughs> well, Tim obviously was, as he said, he was working, I was working. during the I championship. Did, so I he, he just wasn't, wasn't able to take the kind of notes that he wanted to, to you know, <laughs> feel exceptionally confident in his analysis of the game. Yes. Also, I stopped caring as soon as Gonzaga lost. So. Yeah, that's not a bad thing. Um, told you. I almost did. Told you. I almost. You didn't. Too. You your teams didn't make it either. Dad, Philippe, your team lost sooner. I mean, Bama yeah. Bama lost Bama, in the Sweet Sixteen. Yeah, yeah. It was a disappointment. You thought that the Zags were gonna lose to UCLA, so I don't want to hear anything from you. I, I mean, mean, they almost did. Oh, they almost. It's not about again. almost. Look, oh, yeah. and Jalen yeah. Clark didn't even play. Yeah, UCLA almost won. Yeah, but, but who they knows didn't. if he plays the game is just a different game from the outset, and like maybe Gonzaga doesn't turn the ball over nine times in the first half to UCLA's one. I think they'll they'll it turn was, it over yeah. fifteen times in the first half. God, they turned it over nine times in the first half, and you say they turned it over once. Yeah. yeah, and Gonzaga was only down thirteen points. But that's also and they still brought it back. They brought it in another half court miracle shot near half court. Oh, oh, it was almost half court. No, no, it was a few feet. Like no, it, it was, was the NBA three. Yeah, it was like twenty. I thought it was twenty five or twenty six feet. I it, didn't it, think was, it was. It was, like, it was barely it was behind like the NBA three feet away. No, from it was the, not from was, the half court. No, yeah, it was just. It was a good shot. It was a good shot. It was oh, the right shot play. in that. In that to draw that up and to get that look, to take it a little early. You know, two bad Gonzaga's run ends, but that their flaw was defense all year. So yeah, uh, we're gonna take a quick break and then we'll be back with our NBA playoff prediction. Hello there, beautiful listeners. Got to take a minute to tell you about something important. Whitworth FM's Open Mic Night. That's Whitworth FM's Open Mic Night. Let me say it again. Whitworth FM's Open Mic Night. You got to come do it. You got to come do it. Uh, The date is to be determined at this point. Actually, it might be set. I don't really know. But we're telling you about it because why why would anyone want to come to an event where amateurs embarrass themselves on stage? You're saying, uh, but hear me out. This is not your average talent show where only the best of the best get to perform here at the Whitworth FM Open Mic Night. It means anyone and everyone can come and showcase their skills or lack thereof to a supportive and encouraging audience. We just want you to have fun. So whether you're, you know, a singer, an aspiring comedian, a magician even, 
uh, or just someone want, who wants to express themselves in front of a crowd. This is a perfect opportunity for you to shine, to try to perform. That's okay. Bring some friends. Maybe they want to do it. And sit back, soak up all the fun and uh, good vibes. You know, it's a, it'll be a fun night. So, I don't know. You won't regret coming to Whitworth FM's open mic night. So grab your friends, family, pet goldfish, and head on over to the Whitworth campus. Uh, if you're not on campus already. But if you're on campus, then you could just come right away. So it'd be great. Uh, I'll be there, nervous, of course, because I'm going to be trying to help facilitate everything. As Tim will probably be nervous, too. But either way, you should show up, and we could have some fun. Uh, see you there. Welcome back in to A Closer Look. We're going to tell you who's going to win the NBA Finals right now. Tim, who's going to win the NBA Finals? Celtics. All right, now you don't have to hear anything else. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, but Tim, Tim, you do have to explain yourself a little bit. Uh, the Celtics, obviously, two-seed in the East. They've been good all year. Uh, been at the top of the conference. Had a borderline MVP candidate, Jason Tatum, mm -hmm. all year. Great production from Al Horford. Jalen Brown, when he's been healthy, has been a great second option. What do you, what besides the things I just mentioned? What is your thing that you like about Celtics? What do you, what gives them the edge? Uh, I think it's consistency. Uh, over everything else, sure. they're consistently solid. Yes, they they've had a few faltering moments, especially during like the middle of the season. Um, they fell off. They they were really good first half, and then kind of fell off a little bit, and they're kind of getting back to their their pre-fall off uh, glory. Sure. But sure. I think they are consistently, um, they are consistently in games, always. That's a good. Yeah, yeah. I, I would say a hundred percent. You're right. There, like it's but. always a fight until the end. Sure. Like it, you can't, you cannot let off the gas when you're playing against the Celtics. No, they they, they, they will really, they will come back from behind team, and they will and they're a great front runner. They've right. got they've got the facilities to do. That. I think that. I'm I'm not going to say like any any te any team is going to be an easy win for them, mm -hmm. but I think that they are one of if not the best team. I think that they're they sure. If they hadn't faltered, they would be in the number 1 seed, not the number 2 seed. Yeah. That's a good point. Um I think that every team that they play is beatable. That's not to say that they can't lose, but I think that every team is beatable. Yeah. Well, yeah, obviously in the, the modern NBA, just, you know, it, 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 it's more ripe for upsets than it really ever has been before, especially I would say in the Western Conference, which is way less top-heavy than the East. Um, but, Philippe, we were talking a little bit during the break. You like Boston, too. Yeah. Is it for the same reasons as Tim, or, or, or do you have some of your own, you know, deeper reasons? You know, maybe spiritual. Whenever you have two dominant wings who, who can score the ball, who can play make, and Jalen, who can play really good defense, I I feel you always have a pretty good shot. Yeah. Just because we've seen time and time again smaller guards getting worn out in the playoffs, and it's hard to do that w when you have a wing. Yeah. And uh -huh. in this yeah. case, you have two of them. And and yeah, I just and, feel and, and they're all you know all NBA quality guards. Yes. They, I mean, yes. The, you theoretically, there's a lot of seasons that Boston could play in the future with one or both of those guys on the first team all NBA and certainly both of them on the all NBA 
know, exactly. best 15 players in like the league. They, they, can score, they can score at all three levels. They, they're very, um, they very much have developed games. And I feel like Jason Tatum's mid-range game is made for the playoffs. Yeah, I, I would say they remind me of like a more like the perfectly modern counterparts to LeBron and Kyrie in Cleveland. Ooh, like because I, I think it's quite uh, the comparison. But I would say in the modern, what I mean modernly is like LeBron is obviously you know the dominant ball handler, sort of bringing the ball up the floor, the more physically imposing player on both ends of the floor and in transition. But he can play more like a point guard, and I feel like Jalen Brown plays so well off the ball when Tatum has the ball that that's that LeBron Kyrie dynamic where they're they're basically running a triangle style of offense with just those two guys and another player on the floor, whatever player that it might be. It might be Horford, and especially for the Celtics, they have a much better like rest of roster than those Cavs teams ever did, which I think obviously makes Jalen. Jason Tatum and and Jalen Brown better for that. I mean, what what which what player on those Cavs teams could play with Robert Williams or Al Horford when they're on the court? I, I don't think. I mean, even Derek White this year has been one of the most efficient players across the entire league as their as their fill in yep. point guard almost. Wild, Marcus Smart. Like what what player on those Cavs teams was like Marcus? Delavadova. He was ne- he's never been as good as Marcus Smart. You know. Not even so close. so so you're like you're looking at like maybe LeBron and Kyrie are are at at that point in their careers come you know cumulatively a little bit better than Brown and Tatum, but the you know the, the Celtics are just so much better of a team and so well coached again a third coach in three yeah. years and yet they're a front runner for the title the title flag the pennant well that's baseball um, <laughs> but. I don't know. I, I do think the Celtics have some flaws. I think Philadelphia can exploit those flaws. I think Milwaukee might have a tougher time with that, but if it seems like Philadelphia, the three seed, is going to end up play, playing Boston in the second round. If Milwaukee ends up having to play Philadelphia, I feel like Milwaukee can punch their ticket to the NBA Finals right now and punch their ticket to a banner being hung up in the rafters because I don't think a team from the West will beat any of the top three seeds from the East. In a seven-game series, I just think that Boston, Milwaukee, and Philly are better than any team out west. Unless one of the three teams that I just mentioned has a semi-important injury, and it's the Phoenix Suns coming out the west, and Kevin Durant is healthy. That's the only team in the west that I think has the talent to beat one of those three teams in the east. Because I think DeAndre Ayton can guard Embiid or Giannis if he has to. And I think that's something that no one one else in the... I think Morant's too caught up in his head to play well in the playoffs this year. I think they'll falter at some point, sadly. I love the Grizzlies. I love their style of play. I don't think they have what it takes to push and punch through for a title. Um, and if they got to the finals, I don't think they would have nearly the shooting to, to win. Mm-hmm. I think they're a great team, and they're a great regular season shooting team, but I think that's largely on the backs of a couple players. I don't think they have the shooting depth to just, if a guy gets in foul trouble or a guy things himself up and you know starts to not shoot so hot because it's the playoffs and it's pressure and everybody's hurt all the time right. by this point in the season you know versus a team like phoenix who if you have kevin durant on the floor at any point in time in you the playoffs yeah. you got a shot yeah. <laughs> i just morant's not there yet he could be at some point in the future but not this season not with all that's gone on so what about the kings the uh i love the kings I know, man I know I, the kings the are kings. my dark horse pick to make it to the, at least to, to the western conference finals sack town I just light the beacon. I the beam. The beam. 
Nah, it's I just, the Beacon. I like calling it I, the Beacon. It, obviously, it would be a tough first-round matchup to play either Golden State, the Clippers, or the Lakers, depending on who ends up getting the six seed for <laughs> Sacramento. However, you give me Sacramento with four games at home. They're not the lower. They're not the lower seed, so they don't have to go on the road for four games. You give me four games at home, and in the early rounds, that makes I just makes such a difference. And they've been the most efficient offense in the not only the league this year, but in recent memory, the most efficient offense behind right. De'Aaron Fox and Demontis Sabonis. So, I love what the Kings do. I I desperately hope they win in round one. As long as they win in round one, not that the season would be a failure otherwise they hadn't made the playoffs in a long time, but you could you could be a little disappointed. You could be like, maybe we don't really have what it takes to get over the hump yet. Mm -hmm. But if you win in the first round and you have a tough second round out or you win in the second round too, you got to feel great about the core of players that you have right now and you don't feel like you got to upgrade with something you know, drastic. You could maybe just you see it out and build a dynasty. So I just like the Kings. I love a team that's been in mediocrity for a long time getting their due. Speaking speaking of which, hey Philippe, what happened? Uh, what happened to your Mavs? Oh, boy. what happened? Uh, what you, happened? You to know that, that's why I was trying to be quiet. <laughs> like, you know, yeah, they're it, just, they're on the outside looking yeah. in with two what of happened in, like two what of the best to ten Mavs? players in basketball. In Honestly, game. look, I, I'm really disappointed, <laughs> and I can't I can't even. Philippe, Philippe, can you can you answer this question? If you made a top 10 list of the best players in the NBA right now on a single game basis, do the Mavericks have two of those players on their team currently? On most nights, yes. Most nights? Yes, but I'm saying, like, if you're picking your top 10 players, two of those guys are on the Mavericks. Yes. And that, that team is exactly. not going to make the playoffs. Probably not. Maybe the new era of NBA basketball is here. Maybe it's not a super, Maybe it's not a three-superstar team anymore. Maybe it's more about... Drafting a superstar or two, and building a supporting cast of and players have around them coexist, and have them not hate each other. <laughs> yes, Celtics. Man, this is like this is the Instagram era of the NBA. This is the like Twitter era, as as I would call it. Like every player is so temperamental. Like even LeBron at this point, I thought LeBron in his early career did such an amazing job of filtering out what the media said and just doing his thing. I mean, he had the decision aired on live television. What a ridiculous thing to do. That was crazy. Literally where he was going to play. And that was like one of the biggest television broadcasts in ESPN history. But now they all are like crybabies. Anytime anyone says anything about them, injury-related, load management-related, performance-related. I don't know. You know, I don't know what to say. And I just, I don't know. It's a shame because I love the idea of Luka and Kyrie playing together. But they just aren't even going to make the playoffs. Nope. Outside looking, what a they funny went. League. They went from what like a ninety percent chance of making the playoffs. Yeah, to I like think as the, when they when the like trade that. happened and the position that they were in then and the projection, they were you know eighty eight percent likely to you know eighty eight percent of simulations had them making the playoffs. Obviously, the twelve percent of simulations that accounted for the toxicity of having two alpha dogs in the same room and a lack of continuity in the background. What do you think caused yeah. the collapse, Philippe? If you had to, if you had yeah, to pick put, just put like your one, finger on it. one 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 or two things, what do you think happened? Do you think it was uh, the trade that sent Kyrie in? I feel. I feel Spencer is really underrated, not. Not just as a player, but I feel that 
players around him feel empowered even when he has the ball. Sure, sure. I, I, I kind of get an impression with Kyrie that they sort of over-rely on his brilliance to the point where they they don't even think like, oh, I don't have to do as much. And that kind of even limits them because mentally they're thinking like, oh, you know, I I, I have I have two guys that can go thirty like each game, yeah. like, like each they're game. Taking, yeah. taking plays off. But not not just 30, 40, yeah. 40, 50. Yeah, I mean, you easily. got you've got like two or two of the like five or six guys in the league that if somebody's like, oh, somebody dropped a fifty burger last night, I'm right. not. I'm thinking Luca, Kyrie, yeah. Kevin Durant, KD, yeah, Devin Tatum. Booker, Jalen, not Jalen, not Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, and then like Dame. Dame yeah. Lillard. That's oh. about it. Those are the six, five, six, seven guys that I say, you tell me somebody scored 50, 60. And I, man, Embiid's almost better man now. That's crazy for a center. Oh, yeah. I mean, not since Shaq have we seen a center score 50 points so easily. Right? Yeah. Yeah. His look looks flawless. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I will point to That's that. That's so much easier, man. Imagine sending a guy. You're sending your seven-foot center to the line late in games, and he's <laughs> arguably your best foul shooter in clutch situations. Yeah, him he's and Harden. just as good yeah. as Harden, mm-hmm. which is such an asset to have in the playoffs, by the way, which is one of the reasons I think Philly might have a chance. Yeah, and, and I also think they, them struggling to not perform well when Luka is not dominating, even before the Kyrie trade. That yeah, was very that's true. obvious. That was yes. They, Luca had to be on the floor and playing well for the Mavs to win. Yes, there was no other. And know, and it's just like it's mode, hard mode to win like success. that. It, it's hard. It is. It is. It reminds me of like the Durant Westbrook days in OKC. Yeah. When you felt like, even like if one of them was injured, if mm-hmm. one of them just had a big night, they'd win. But if it they is. literally, if both of them played mediocre or only one of them played good, you were like, they're just not going to win. Exactly. So, Or in the playoffs, just yeah, getting the playoffs, beaten down. You know, yeah. it, it, literally they went 3-1 on the one of the greatest regular season team of all time. And just that team. It. And you'd argue the third best player on those OKC teams was who? Serge Ibaka. Serge Ibaka. Or maybe When he was Jackson? not as much of a three-point shooter, when he was not as much of a four-spacer. Spacer. At all. Yes. So you'd be like, I mean, that's just crazy. That's how amazing Durant and Westbrook are, man. They really were the par- perfect complement to each other. And if they could, biggest what if in NBA history is if Harden stays on that team, man. Yes. Literally could be could have been the dynasty of all dynasties. Because you ha- you would could have had for 10 years or like five years of their primes if they'd played together then, three of the 10 best players yeah. at the NBA at any given point. And as much as you want to say about Miami's big three, I never thought that at any point, all three of the players that they had in their big three were all in the top ten in talent. There might have been a year where Chris Bosh was close. Dwayne Wade obviously had earlier years where he was inarguably close to the best shooting guard in the league, him you know, back and forth with Kobe. Mm-hmm. Um, but not at that point in Miami. Maybe only the first year you could say he was close to a top ten player. OKC could have had three of the ten best. I mean, Harden won two MVPs. Durant won. They all won MVPs on their own. Arguably, like three of the top five best players. Yeah, it could have been some the three, point, three of the point. top five best players at some point at different that points is in that so run. Scary. That, that is so scary. It's just crazy. And we'll we'll leave you with that. We're going to take a quick break. Come back, preview a little bit of what we want to do uh, moving forward, and also some of our secret thoughts about cake.
What's up, Mountain Dew fans? You ready to experience a whole new level of refreshment? I'm introducing to you the latest flavor from Mountain Dew, the Spark Raspberry Lemonade. With its crisp citrus taste and energizing kick, Spark is the perfect drink to fuel your adventurous spirit. Whether you're out exploring the great outdoors or powering through a tough workout, this flavorful beverage will keep you going all day long. And the best part, you don't have to leave your couch to enjoy the refreshing taste of Mountain Dew Spark. Just crack open a can or pop open a bottle and tune into your favorite podcast. Maybe it's a closer look. Maybe it's something else, but please give us a listen. With every sip, you'll feel like you're on top of the world, ready to take on any challenge that comes your way. So what are you waiting for? Grab a pack of that Mountain Dew Spark today and get ready to experience the ultimate in raspberry lemonade refreshment. Trust us, your taste buds will thank you. Mountain Dew Spark Agent, out. Welcome back into the last segment of today's show. We are going to do a little game, three by three, three as by it's known. Snake. Well, a snake style draft, but a three by three as it's known. Picking sure. Uh, sure. our favorites for the NBA Finals with a punishment on the line for the losers. The winner gets to dole out a punishment of their choice to the losing people who are just terrible at understanding basketball, obviously. If they couldn't pick the <laughs> NBA Finals winner from 19. Obviously. Um, and then, yeah. Yeah. We're going to start. That's the thing. Who, who did we decide we were going to start? I think we should start with Tim. Because Tim has a very obvious. Yeah, Tim I'm, wants I'm to make his choice. The Tim's, Tim's the first choice is mine. the Celtics. Okay, they so are Celtics are, they are off the board. They're they off the board. off the board. And so, t- Tim is they are, hitching his wagon. They're my, that is my choice. Tim that is hitching his wagon. for my choice. Okay, Philippe, you get second pick. Who's your who's your second who's your who's your pick to win the thing, the whole thing, win it all, Philly Mavs. <laughs> Ooh, Philly's tough. Dang, that's my that's my pick. I wanted you to win Walker. Um, all right. So then I get back to back picks here. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go. Just because I think I'm gonna go strategy here. No one is picked in the West. I'm gonna go Denver and Phoenix. Ooh. I'm gonna go Denver Phoenix. Oh, I could have picked the clip. I could have. I could have gone Phoenix Clippers though. Oh man, I don't want to get stuck in only West teams, but there's not a lot of great choices here. All right, fifth off the board. Philippe's second pick is who? Phoenix. I got. I got Phoenix and Denver. So Milwaukee's still there. Okay, let's go crazy and say Sacramento. Oh, Dang it. Philippe's getting. Icy with the picks here, man. All right, he doesn't leave Philippe. Tim with much. The only the only teams left in the West are Golden State, the Clippers, the Grizzlies, and the Grizzlies. <sighs> man, the Grizzlies, that's tough. I, Grizzlies getting yeah, left out. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna hop hop between the two. And Tim I'm, gets two I'm here. Taking, I'm taking Bucks and I'm taking Grizz. Okay, so Tim Tim has got the Celtics, the Bucks, the one and two seeds in the East. <laughs> And the Grizzlies, they're two seasons in the West. I don't know how this happened. I don't know how this happened. This is wild. (laughs) Okay. One and two seeds in the East. Eight on the board. Third and three in the West. Let's see. Who does he pick? Golden State. Golden State. Wow. Crazy. That's a a tough choice. Is there anyone in the East that can win besides the top three seeds? Cavs. Cleveland's not going to do Heat. it. New York's not going to do it. What's the Raptors? Brooklyn's not going to do it. None of those teams are going to do uh, it. I don't see Toronto. 
I guess I gotta go. I gotta go with the Clippers. Yeah. Well, I could pick the Lakers though. That's so risky though. They they could still. I don't know. The Clippers could be in the play-in tournament. So play, could yeah, the Lakers. play one of the play-in. I feel like I feel like play-in. I should pick a team that's actually gonna be in the playoffs for sure. <laughs> it's kind of dangerous to pick a team that might not make the playoffs. I mean, I don't know if there. I mean, is there a team that's for sure in the playoffs? There's the Knicks and the Cavs. Those are yes. Clinched. Denver is clinched. Memphis is clinched. Sacramento is clinched, and Phoenix has clinched playoff spots in the West. And all in four east, in the West are taken. And in the East, the top five seeds have all clinched playoff right. spots, not in the play-in. Cavs and the Knicks are both clinched And I think playoffs. all the play-in spots in the East are set. They can just only change up seeding. Miami, and Miami could become the sixth seed if they win their last three games and Brooklyn loses and Brooklyn goes one and two. But in the East, it's way more set in stone than in the West. But I, I mean, I don't know. It's the Clippers or the Lakers for me as the as – the, only other teams in the West that could do it. I don't. I. I don't think the Clippers can do it if they're, they're going to clip it up. Uh, I don't. I don't trust them. I don't trust them at all. I, I'm going to go. You know, I'm switching my pick to the Lakers. It's I'm going bigger and going we home. We took most mostly Western Conference. We've only yeah, because it's more open. We've only taken. We felt three like of there's the Eastern. Well, there's only three teams in the East that matter. <laughs> That's true. And I have two of them. You do have two of them, Tim. That's ridiculous. <laughs> I, I don't can't know. Believe, I can't believe how you finagled that. I think uh, Timothy. I'm, I'm foreseeing I'm, that. I'm a little bit disappointed. I've, with I'm you. foreseeing that it's going to be a good championship season for Boston. For you, probably, because no, you're going to pick the winner, Boston, and then you're going to have to make Philippe and I do some. I think, I think ugh, Celtics are going to win, and then I know you guys don't care, but I care. NHL. I know you care. Bruins are definitely going to win the Well, the it'll be funny when they don't, and then we can listen to this back. Yeah. <laughs> Regardless, it'll be fun. It will be fun. All right. Thank you for listening. It's been uh, it's been good to come back. We missed you over spring break, uh, but hopefully you enjoyed what we offered you today. We've got some things cooking on the burner for future ideas. Hopefully you'll stick around long enough to find out what those are. But yeah, yeah. that's it for us. Yeah. See you later. Off a granite, a smart man if I keep my feet planted to the earth, cause the people that hurt can understand it. You speaking now.